So I, I was digging a little bit during the break, just because obviously softball's the vital part of my day to day, right? I mean, that's my twenty four seven three sixty five right now. I live in the in the softball world. I um I found one stretch last year where things kind of stumbled a bit. I, actually, <laughs> it's funny too. Two stretches last year where maybe things didn't go so well for one TRA Jennings. You ready for those two two stretches? I'm ready. Let's hear them. She went O for seven in the doubleheader against Georgia. Two games. O for seven. O for five in the first game, went O for two, but scored two runs and walked in the second. Lost game. to uh, Georgia. That was the first loss of the, the season. She went 0 for 7 in two games of the three-game set against Oklahoma State. So you, <laughs> you, you want to maybe look for something that kind of is a good indicator about, you know, how's, how's things rolling for Oklahoma. T.R.A. Jennings going at the plate is, sure. is a, a, a pretty major part. Now, yeah, she's going to have no-hit games. It just happens. She went 0 for 4 in the win over James Madison. I'm not saying – that she has to hit the ball in order for they for them to win games. That's not what I'm saying at all. But typically, and it shouldn't be a surprise, typically you go as your stars go, and if T.R.A. Jennings is not hitting, that's not a good sign for Oklahoma. And right. the uh, results from last season, and unfortunately the final result from this weekend versus Texas bear that out. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so obviously I was living the Oklahoma softball life this week. And we got baseball to get to. Uh, tomorrow is our championship celebration for the for the OU women's gymnastics team. <laughs> Will you remind me in the future that if I ever have something to celebrate to hire Casey Vineyard – to put it on for me, <laughs> y'all. You have no idea what you're what you're walking into tomorrow, KJ. I'm so excited for you guys. <laughs> but so nice. tomorrow, tomorrow we're gonna have the celebration. But hey, b- before we get to any of those, Josh, do you know what this week is? This is spring ball week, and I want to spend part of every day spending some time talking about Oklahoma Sooner football and expectations for this week. And I want to be very, very clear in this. I I don't think that anyone's going to be overly – well, what am I talking about? Everyone on the planet is going to lose their mind about something they – something that happens in the spring game, right? We always do. I mean – we could put together a laundry list of players who start in the spring game only unfortunately to not see things happen for them in the fall Two come to mind for me right away. And they are Trey Matwire, Dave Smith. Matwire kind of got in his own way a little bit. Well, that's one really nice way to put it. Josh. Elmer. <laughs> got in somebody else's way a little bit too. Apparently so. But, 
I mean, they both had outstanding spring games. And Dave was always kind of viewed as a second or third string running back. But, man, he came out. Daniel Brooks had a great spring game a couple years ago. And for them, it was just, listen, Dave was a great dude, and I love Daniel. But they just ended up in a numbers crunch, right? You went into a situation like, man, they had a great spring. Then all of a sudden, it's like you get the falls like, all right, P. Ryan Mixon, let's go. <laughs> Rodney, I think I think for Daniel Brooks, he was in school for like 50 years, so it was like five or six running backs. But we, we it, it happens. There's going to be a guy or two that come out of the spring game that it doesn't necessarily translate when the season arrives. I'm not breaking any news here. But I don't – my phone is blowing up, yo. Um, Did something happen? I don't think so. Oh, never mind. It's spring – it's spring – it's spring ball preparation. Sorry. There are – to me, now that I got that negative out of the way, there's many more positives, I think, though, for this year, right? I mean, I we, we wrote in our Boyd Street Magazine edition that's on newsstands now about a, a little spring football preview. And thinking about some of the things to kind of keep an eye out for. You know, we're excited about Dylan Gabriel. We're intrigued by the wide receivers. What that running I, – I don't know if I've been as excited to see a running back as I am this year with Javante Barnes. Right? I Honestly, I don't, I don't know if I've been as excited to see a running back in a long time as I have been to see Javante Barnes. But it's just – this is a Captain Obvious kind of a thing, Josh. But, I mean, we're in a situation that we're pretty juiced right now about Sooner football. And everyone wants to come to conclusions about how the season is going to go. Um, we're not going to be able to gauge too much from the spring game. But I think more than anything else, you're going to see a little bit a little bit of a different energy, right? Based on everything that we've heard so far. And if you don't, it's going to be very disappointing as far as the energy we're hoping to see. I think the energy will be fantastic for Saturday. And, no I, and I don't just mean the, the fans. I mean the players on the field. Because the bottom line more than anything else is we just – there needs to be that positive taste that continues to – linger in your mouth after the frustration and the dis- disappointment of how last season went and then kind of the spurning of Oklahoma for USC and then what was a like eight, nine-day resurgence that took place for Oklahoma Sooner football. And really, sure, the process has been ongoing, but the spring game marks the beginning of this new era with Brent Venables and the rest yeah. of his coaching staff and what the future for OU is going to look like with this group of players and beyond. I mean – Saturday is the start. Saturday is it. That's a really great way to put it. This is practices are taking place. Workouts have been going on since when did the guys report in January? But you really feel like this is. It's like the grand unveiling. This is the grand unveiling. This is your moment to see. Now, throughout the week, we're going to. Okay, listen. Is that from Bob from Cement? Oh, yeah. BFC. BFC's like two for two on the Air Comfort Solutions text line today. He also somehow hit the super secret textoso line earlier. Oh, he did? (laughs) With a doozy. But I just, I think I'm in a, I'm in a spot now where I've really, and I don't know how much of the spring game I'm going to get to see, right? I don't know 
uh, we've got softball that starts at one, and you always assume that oh yeah they're gonna they're gonna roll and they'll be done by plenty of time. But you never know, right? They put listen Iowa State I thought was pretty good and they got smoked this weekend by Texas Tech in their final two games of the series. And I saw Texas Tech and Texas Tech is very good. So you know maybe I am in a situation where I get to see more. Last year, gosh, last year on the spring game they ended up. I think Oklahoma played its longest game of the year. But I I have hopes to see just three things on this Monday. And part of it dovetails off a conversation that I was listening to with Teddy and Dusty because, A, I was up late last night and listened to some of the Oklahoma breakdown when it dropped. But, B, I did become very fascinated with, with something over the weekend. And it was the reaction to that clip of Anton Harrison at in the W drill. Have you seen this? Uh-uh. So he gets worked. I mean, absolutely gets worked in the drill. And everyone's losing their mind. I mean, it's I I don't know if this went viral on Friday, maybe on Saturday over the but it was from it was from Friday's practice, I think. Because they had that su- surprise viewing that popped up on Friday morning and I want to I I think it might have been Josh Calloway. Somebody threw it out there. I just want I'm trying to make sure I get proper credit. And Ethan Downs just destroyed him. And, I mean, it even got to the point where you're like, did he hear the whistle that the drill started? And everyone lost their mind. Everyone. Because, you know, we're very – usually Twitter is a place of calculated analysis where we take our time and we kind of evaluate things. and Step back. You know, and- we, we really step back and think about things. That's sarcasm, y'all. But – the funny part of that, Josh, is from that piece going, I, I guess it's fair to say, viral this weekend, some really incredibly positive things started coming out about Anton Harrison. Now, I understand it, that piece of evidence that you have and the, the two previous seasons are a tough sell, but we're looking at the need for a left tackle that's going to come in here and in this new era – with an offensive lineman as your offensive coordinator and basically say, I'm, I'm going to shut down this side. Nobody's getting after my quarterback. And we've all kind of been waiting for that moment from Anton Harrison, right? We've all been waiting for it. And made the freaks list, but we want to see a right. freak. Hey, I, freak I'm so happy you made the freak list and everything uh, two years ago and everything I've seen from you would lead me to believe that you've got that potential, but it just it hasn't, it hasn't registered. But in that going viral, a lot of people have started to point out, like, hey, he's embraced it. He's a guy that, you know, that might not be the best look that he's ever had, but he's he's looked the part beyond that. So I don't know how physical we're going to be allowed to get or what it's going to get on Saturday well, for the spring game. A bit. But it it seems, Josh, as if all the returns outside of one video are pretty damn positive about that left side in Anton Harrison. Here's the other part of it. And, I, again, I'll, Gabe has been talking about this for a while. We talked about it on our Friday Big 12 show, and it was on his podcast last night. Wanya Morris, it looks like, it looks like that he is starting to make some of the gains – that we expected him to make. And I think you and I talked about this on Friday's show. But whenever he came in, it was he came in and it's oh, he's gonna be the starting. He's the right tackle. 
He's the guy. I mean, if if Robinson at right guard, Chris Murray at left guard, we're good, and Rame's going to be the center. And it just – I mean, I don't even did, – did Wanya Morris step on the field in the second half of the season last year? Not much, right? No. So – Beyond the practice video, the vibes are positive about Anton Harrison. And everything, Josh, has been incredibly, incredibly positive around Wanya Morris. And it's exciting because it appears that what Bill Beanbow wants out of his offensive line and what Jerry Schmidt wants in preparing these offensive linemen and what Jeff Lebby expects of his offensive line and his offense, again, this is all real easy to say in the offseason. This is all real easy to say in in April. But, dude, it seems like it's all meshing together really, really well right now for this group. And if I'm a Sooner fan, of the things that seemed to be pretty inconsistent last year, which was just such an anomaly in the, the time that Bill Beanbow has been the, uh, the offensive line coach here at Oklahoma, of all the things I've heard, that's about as uplifting as any of them. Because opens up more gaps for this talented group of running backs. Gives a young, in the at least Oklahoma uniform quarterback, more time in the pocket. Gives you an attitude. I feel like the personality of your offense is, is centered around the nastiness of your offensive line. And I don't know how nasty we've been the last couple of years. Do we know what the format is going to look like for no this? Clue. No, I, dude, I'm so on the outside looking in on the spring game. It's not even funny. And last year it was, what, offense versus defense, but you had multiple different offensive units and multiple different defensive units. Is that right? Yes, I believe so. So we'll see. I mean, maybe it's like that. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's your typical – got multiple different offenses, multiple different defenses, and it's red versus white. Right. So, I mean, without knowing what the format looks like, it's... It's hard, it's hard to say, right, what we're going to see from the offensive line. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, you just don't know who's going to be... Like, are you going to split up potentially your starters, I guess is what I'm getting at and wondering. Because moving left to right, what we're projecting or thinking about the offensive Ooh, line like right now... I you have your depth chart already out. Anton Harrison, left tackle. Chris right. Murray, left guard. Yeah, yeah. Andrew Rame. Center, McCade Matoyer, Wanye Morris. Or was Chris Murray at right guard last season? I think season? Murray was at right guard last year. Okay, so March. then McCade Matoyer, you flip him over to the left guard. Sounds like a winner. I mean, is, is that what we're thinking early? I think we're going to see Conjol more on Saturday. I don't know how healthy Andrew Rame is. Um, but, yeah, I, I think you've, you've pretty much hit it on the head, what we think. Now – it's interesting because you have um, – did we just spend like 10 minutes on the offensive line for Oklahoma? It's interesting, Josh, because – Right guard for Murray. Oh, was he right guard last year? Yeah. Okay, so I was right then. Mar- Marquis says at left guard last year. Um, if you look at the our lads depth chart, right, our lads always does a, a way, way too early, constantly evaluating depth chart. They do have Chris Murray at right guard, and they do have McCain Mattire – at the left guard spot. Which I think is where McCade played at Cal as well. Right, and it and Chris Murray's a versatile guy. He can play some center, he can play some guard. But to me, I'm as intrigued for Saturday than as you brought up, hey, we don't know what this is going to look like when it's split up. But what kind of gains has a Conjol made? You know, the, the thing that, 
again, I go back to Gabe because I do spend a lot of time with Gabe Eichert and talking to him. But offensive linemen get get better with age. They really, truly do. It's very rare whenever a guy comes in as a freshman and starts right away. It's sometime an adjustment for a rookie. It's tough. We from, see that at the professional level, too. Absolutely. Where, you know, a lot of times, Teddy talks about this a bunch, the back half of offensive linemen's careers, it's, it, you know, for the the really, really great right. offensive linemen, your highest paid guys in, in the National Football League, you could probably find exceptions to this rule, but... A lot of times it is that back half of their career where they, they kind of fully understand and grasp grasp things and play their best football. So, yeah, you, you do see that, you know, obviously at the college level as well. McCade Matoyer, by the way, started at right guard for Cal. So that's, that's an interesting little angle. I huh. mean, I like to live in the world where it doesn't really matter on the offensive line, left or right, but depending on the player, some guys handle that transition working on one side of the offensive line versus the other better or worse than others the steps that you know get involved with it everything being flipped reversed it's fascinating and then i like for instance this is where we're pretty you're pretty lucky on the sooner radio network and then i'm lucky because i can be like how's it looking what, what do you think because i am intrigued to see what a marcus alexander looks like or a savion bird right savion bird is that dude that Really looks the part, but it, guys like Aaron Parks, who we've kind of been waiting for, Clint Anderson is another name. And then there's also, a, with, with all this conversation we've had about the O-line and my intrigue in it, then who's who's going to play? You also get to that point where when you show up, is it going to be a situation where guys might not be out there in the midst of it, right? And again, just – like I was asking off the top, what does the format right, look like? Right, right, I mean, who's playing with who? Are you splitting up starters? Which is typical of a spring game. I told I told Gabe, um, and, and Teddy I think knows this, I try not to listen to their podcast on Mondays because I always have this plan of kind of what I want to talk about whenever we do get into football. But they'll bring up something, and then I just end up, oh, that's all I – guys talking about the offensive line I'm so intrigued by this I don't know what's going to happen because things aren't different with the leadership of it but you feel like they're completely and totally different different I don't I don't know I'm fascinated fascinated to see what that looks like now coaches are drafting the teams oh is that what it is text line uh BV has said coaches will draft oh that's cool but then what was the, the then what is it is it just going to be Jeff Lebby gets one team and Ted Roof gets the other. They ought to air that live. Let's go. Are they? I mean, Soonersports.tv, let's go. They're not going to draft the teams on Saturday, I'd, are they? I'd love to host it. I'd love to be involved in anything for the spring game, guys. What? <laughs> What'd you say? They're not going to do it Saturday? I mean, it'd be cool to do it live in the stadium. Oh, yeah. But I, I doubt that you would do that. Like a good old-fashioned picking sides kind of a great school thing i love it oh gosh on the big screen it plays out or you know sometime this week you broadcast the drafting of the teams i mean you could there's so many ways to broadcast now they could do it on twitter if they wanted to i mean obviously the coaches shows from rudy's they could do it that way but i i think that they should make that public yeah me too i think it'd be cool i think it'd be a fun thing to watch so, hey, when we come back, that's one little offensive line talk. We can, let's talk some defense. We had Ted Roof 
last week, and I never really got to it. They've got some media availability that's coming up this morning, I believe. So let's go. We'll take a timeout. When we come back right here on the ref, let's go all in. All in on a little defensive football talk right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on the ref. Do you want to you just hit a couple of these quick air comfort solutions? Let's rifle text. through, shall we? Um, Plank, please update me on Lou. We need her defensive aggressiveness. We need plays. her defensive aggressive plays in Austin. Why did I have such a hard time reading that? I don't know why. Because it was written kind of in a – Written in a, in a perfect way, but your boy just can't see straight. I think – can I use an analogy? Aggressive defensive plays. Can I use an sense. analogy involving me real quick? Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, there's been a lot of times in my life when I've been mad about not being used for things. Really mad. And <laughs> in case you can't – Can relate. Yeah, you know it. You feel it. We all feel it, right? If it's in a job, if it's something else, and you feel, feel like undervalued a little bit, maybe so. overlooked, maybe so, and you feel like you've given a lot, and you deserve these opportunities, and you want them, and 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 sometimes you just you've got to show the patience of Job, and I I can understand frustration whenever it's out there, but I also think that there is always something bigger than all of us that's at at play here, and. So, with, with my little comparison, I would say this. I hope that things work out where we lose a part of this team going forward. But we'll see. I, 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 so, you're saying that's, to you, that's in limbo a little bit? I would say so. Sure. I would say. And that, that's as generic as I would keep it. It's just there's, there's nothing necessarily – there's nothing necessarily anyone can do about it, right? It's nothing that's going to change the world in a in a positive or a negative way. It's just there's some decisions that need to be made. You know, I talked with Gordon Drummond, who is the Look at you. Norman High boys head soccer coach. He's the only guy that's ever coached Norman High boys soccer. Right. Founded the program in 1985 at its inception. Before that was the architect, one of them, of the Norman Youth Soccer Association. And anyways, we're, we're writing a Boyd Street Magazine story on him picking up his 400th win. So you'll be able to pick that up beginning of next month. And I asked him, because his teams have won four state championships, what's what's it take to do that? You know, how do you win a state championship? What was What do you remember about those teams? And you know what he pointed out, Plank, was the most successful teams I've always had. It sounds cliche. You've heard a lot of coaches say this, but it truly is the best teams that I've had are the teams that put team before I. Right. That value sure. being unselfish. That value putting their teammates first, right? Mm-hmm. Valuing the good of the team over individual accolades or individual achievements. And that's hard to do. Sure. Sometimes it's hard to do in the workplace. It's hard to do when when you do have so many talented players around you on a team like Oklahoma softball. You're constantly balancing that it's with certain players on, on the team. But 
in order to get where you want to go, you got to have people pulling on the same rope. Oh, what's that? Everyone pulling on the same rope. So I just, if I were to, because I, I was really surprised by how many people, because, you know, it's not a, it wouldn't be a surprise for Lou to not play in a game by, um, I, on a Thursday or a Friday night, but I was really surprised by how many people are like, I don't see Lou in the picture in Austin, blah, 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 blah. Um, it was, it was impressive to see how many people cared that much. And it's awesome. Internet right? sleuths. Internet. You're always sleuthing. But again, it's just, there's a team and you know, it's, and there's also that mindset to where, you know, people will have, there's always going to be the looming anytime. I mean, look, Oklahoma lost several players to the portal over the last five or six years. And that always has to be on your mind. And you also want to stay balanced and things of that nature. Right. But yeah, I just, I don't, she's not hurt. And it's just, there's some things everyone needs to work. It's got to be tough for anyone that was, and I just, I mean, look, Jossie had a time where she didn't go on a trip in 2018 to Kansas. She's the all-time home run queen in college softball. These types of things happen in college sports, especially diamond sports. But, yeah. She, I, I think it's going to work itself out. I really do. I believe it. But I hope that answers your question. I mean, I know I'm being a little bit cryptic with it, but I don't know everything. I mean, I'm the, Patty Gasso didn't sit me down and go, okay, Lou Donahue didn't call me and go, here's what's going on. Uh, I mean, Mara Kennedy, their athletic trainer, didn't say, here's what's up, or anyone that's involved with any other aspect of it. It's just I'm reading a lot into some things that I see. You, you can't – okay, let me ask you this. When you follow a team, how much do you keep in? How much does body language matter to you from players? A lot, right? Sure. Yeah, and absolutely. When you, and when you see that body language, you can't help but be like, oof, I don't like that body language. Yeah, something uh, – yeah. or, or or it's the other way. You, Man, this this team's on a roll right now. Do, do you know how it's great body let – me, let me give you a great body language example. You know how it's great body language? Nasio Jennings, Tiari Jennings' dad. Every time I see that man, he's just, it's, yes, let's go. He's got me fired up. Smile. Just smile, pumped up, bro hug, dab up, whatever term you want to use. Always great body language. And listen, that's just a dad that's, you know, following his daughter's play at the next level. But I don't know. It's just, I think sometimes whenever you get frustrated, you let your body language show a little bit too much. And I, maybe that's something because I'll see someone who I'm like, Ooh, let's, let's ratchet up this body language. Let's be a little bit positive. And I'm an overly positive person, but things like that stand out to me that I see that I, as an observer, see and say, Ooh, I worry about that. Um, <laughs> Plank Brittany Bump has won another ring. She now has four Big 12s, two rowing, one softball, one tennis, and one national championship. 
If she wins her second natty ring with tennis, will you please have a serious talk with her about working with football? Rings follow this girl. Signed, her concerned husband. (laughs) Yeah, dude. Hey, how about that on Friday? On Friday, they started that tennis match at like 4 o'clock. And by the time – it was like 8 o'clock when they were done – the uh, number one rallied from a 1-7 loss in the first set, 1-6, and then ended up winning the rest of the the rest of the of the match. It was incredible to see. We opened the show with this, but for those that are late arrivals, 405-651-3439, Air Comfort Solutions text line. I'm sorry I'm late, but why did Patty not challenge the batter out of the box? She fight? was told she couldn't. And when she went to say Hey, she's out of the box. They the umpires went together and say we didn't see that. And then was told that it wasn't that she couldn't that it wasn't reviewable. Now, again, maybe we're in a battle of semantics, right? To where you'll see a fight over, well, you can't review that, but if you would have said this, you could review it. I don't know. I'm not Which that would, versed in the new replay. Man, rules. I would hope that's not the case because to me, a referee or an official's job is to say, do you mean you want to challenge this? And then you'd say, okay, sure, that's – yes, that's – I want to challenge that they stepped on the plate or, I, you know, whatever the wording would be. I think – I get the impression it wasn't anything semantics that the umpires were misinformed on what were reviewable plays. Maybe so. Which, you know. there It's new. It, it, it's all new. To everyone involved, right? No, it's it's brand new to softball. I mean, I'm sure for baseball, they've had kinks that they've had to work out. I, I know for a fact, and you know, we've talked to Nat Davis and Craig Moore and all these people that matter. There's conversations about where the cameras need to be at Marita Hines Field to give the best angle possible. It's it's an ongoing situation saga philosophy. I'll tell you what. And I said this earlier, somewhat in jest, but there has never been a place where there is more camera angles than there is at McCombs Field. Holy smokes. Do they have cameras in the bullpen? They have cameras. I've, and I get it with the Longhorn Network, but for as antiquated as that facility is, even though they've built a brand new softball complex down the left field line, I mean, it is. It is cameraed up. Cameraed up, baby. We'll hit more of your text coming. I promised Ted Roof here, and it's already 1038. Quick break. We'll hear from the Sooner defensive coordinator next because he was on the huddle, which dropped on the Sooner Sports podcast this weekend. You can download it at Soonersports.com slash podcast and talked about his inside backers room. We'll get to it next. All right, all right, all right, all right. So you informed you good? Yeah, I feel up to speed now. Good. I've got so much to do today. I'm so excited. I get a chance. Two things are going on for me uh, this weekend. Ooh, I didn't see Gary. Gary Bonner tweeted at me for the show today. Two things are going on for us here on the the Plank Show. Number one, tomorrow we are going to have, um, gosh, here's the- A celebration. We've got like a two-hour celebration planned for the show. It's going to be a big party. Um, Where's KJ's text that she sent me? All right, so basically from 9 to 11 tomorrow for the first two hours of our show, um, we're going to have Olivia Troutman's going to come in. Um, 
Reagan Smith is going to be in here. Emma LaPenta is going to be in here, who I obviously didn't have a regular role with the team, but still as, as a leader, you need that. Uh, we got a whole list. There are two, four, six, eight. Two, four, six, eight. Ten of the gymnasts are going to be in here tomorrow. Wow. How about that? KJ, Lou, and Tom are going to come hang out with us. Basically, you know what I want to do with KJ, Lou, and Tom? Just let them run. I'm going to. I want to give them the studio. What a, what a great way to start it. We leave and just say, the floor is yours. Because I'm not kidding. I walked in on their – I've talked about this a lot whenever we did our show there. I walked in on their meeting, and it was awesome just to hear them, hear them exchange ideas. Talking shop. Right. And that whole time, every so often, I would offer something. I'm like, shut up. What are you doing? I'm like, ooh, that's cool. And then you start like, why am I doing that? Um, so that's I am not adding anything to this I, conversation. I, I, shut up. What are you doing? Playing? Just be a wallflower. What's your problem? Uh, and then secondly, I get to, I guess, maybe Brinkley had some prior responsibilities. Josh, I got the call to do the women's basketball um, end-of-the-year awards banquet tomorrow. Nice. Yeah, that would be cool. right? How cool is that? Jenny Baranchak, who's about 0 for 3 on returning text messages, but, you know, hurts a little bit. Um, but, no, Shannon Gage and that crew are, are set up their end-of-year celebration, so I got that tomorrow. And then, and then, come back in here on Wednesday, get on the road to North Texas, and wash that taste of a Texas loss out of our mouth. I honestly, you remember how you, people used to joke about the Colts hanging the banner for winning their division? I think they might hang a banner for that win in Austin over Oklahoma this past weekend. But celebrate away. That gives you an idea of just how incredible of a program Patty Gasso has built here. You look frustrated. Is everything – did I screw up not taking a break quick enough? No, 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 good? no, no. Everything's good. All right. Everything's good. I'm frustrated because we lost. <laughs> Hearing about the game pisses me off. Are you kidding me? I hate losing to Texas. 0 for 10 for Tiare on the weekend. The last two 0 for stretches she had similar to this. 0 for 7 in the Georgia doubleheader last year. 0 for 7 in the first two games of the Oklahoma State Series. It just doesn't happen. And I think they're going to be fine. Someone where was someone who did, uh, had dug into the numbers even deeper about the combination of your 1-2. I mean, Alo had one hit in three weekends. We started a game on Saturday. I'm sorry, Friday. I, I got to stop saying we. Oklahoma started a game on Saturday. Strikeout, strikeout, strikeout. I mean, that just doesn't happen. And it's funny because Pat Pat Dunn and I, who I don't know if he gets tired of sitting next to me at games, but he sits next to me every game and is always giving great notes and great insight, and he's kind of my own personal hype man. And we said after the, the game, we are sitting there on, on Saturday when we had some time to just watch batting practice and chill a bit. Like, have we ever started a game, strikeout, strikeout, strikeout? And he looked at me and goes, I don't know. And we started digging, and it had been – I went back three years. I wasn't able to find anything like that. I mean, it's just. Wow. And by the way, that happened, and they won the game 9-1. to But it still it just kind of shows you how odd and unique this weekend was. And I know, I know everyone is like, well, you said you felt like this team could go undefeated. Yeah, they have the talent, but it's not going to happen. And I told you there were two spots. I thought there might be a midweek surprise, or I thought a Friday against Texas were the two places. I have not been able to, and maybe this is – Meaning to get learned up by my man Poppy or, or or Patty or whomever, but it's just it seems odd because 
what would be normal would be to have that struggle on Friday, right? And then by Saturday and then Sunday, that second time around, it clicks. Somehow, the second time around, we've seen some incredible pitching performances. Dulcini on Saturday against Oklahoma. That I don't know why the Baylor girl's name is escaping my mind right now. On Saturday against Oklahoma, that third game has been a problem. Gary writes, somehow the RPI retains OU as number one. That will cause unrest in college softball. By any measure, OU continues to outpace the remainder of the pack. D1 softball also continues to rank OU number one. How the NFCA and ESPN polls come out as anyone's guess. Yeah, I mean, listen, they've lost one game. They're 38-1. and one. I mean, it's just... With good wins. With really good wins, right? But I'm just... I'm of that opinion... I think that there's some people in this sport that have been waiting for a reason to try to knock them off their perch. And even at 38-1, and one, it's still something where it wouldn't surprise – and by the way, Alabama trade, played like garbage this weekend against Mississippi State. But people are enamored with, with the Alabama story and the magic of the SEC in this sport. Kentucky-Arkansas was pretty good to watch. It was, wasn't it? Arkansas is a problem now. Kentucky's a problem. Yeah, I mean, Kentucky, yeah. It it's makes good. sense whenever you watch some SEC ball. You're like, okay, I get it. I, I see why this. Well, and is I'm just thinking rated. about OU and Texas joining that group. It's, I mean, holy smokes! Yeah, it's going to be fun. Conference. There's going to be some fun trips in that league. All right, quick break. Ten fifty. We'll come back. Ted Roof. Ted Roof. Talk next. All right, let's hit a little Ted Roof as we get set for the spring game this weekend. Uh, coach was asked on Thursday's huddle about its inside backers room, which. Talked to offensive line earlier. I'm very intrigued by the backers. How does Ted Roof feel about that crew, not only heading into Saturday, but heading into the season? Let me talk about the group first. Yeah. Okay, the the entire group, because to me that's what stood out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there there is such a willing group as far as pouring into it, wanting to learn, wanting to grow, wanting to go the extra mile to get better. And we all know that's what it takes. You got to go. You, you got to do more than what's expected, more than what's required. And it's just been a very, very willing uh, group that, that's hungry. And I, I, I love going to meetings with them every day. I love going to watch them practice every day and seeing some incremental growth, you know. And that, that's, the, that's the part that's very uh, rewarding as a coach to see guys put in the work and go through the trials and tribulations of of this level of practice and see them grow and get better. And uh, I've certainly seen that. Again, we got a long ways to go, but uh, they're working really hard, and I'm, I'm I'm excited for them. So, I mean, that's that's a, a little generic. That's some coach speak there, and it's understandable. But hey, if there has been one thing that's been pretty consistent, it's that we. We've seen a team that seems bought in and is really working hard to kind of show, hey, we're we're more than just buying in. We're completely and totally buying in. We're not just buying in from the understanding of the playbook or buying in from the X and O's mindset. When I hear that, yes, I'm. I mean, some would say, what else is he supposed to say? But for some reason, Josh, that that kind of pumps me up, man. It makes me feel like you're seeing that buy-in beyond just the playbook, if that makes any sense. It's a big spring for the linebackers, too. Obviously, you're replacing a guy that was your leading tackler in Brian Osamoa. And Deshaun White has started and played a bunch of football games for you. David Aguebu's done some really nice things over his career, but it's time for him to step up 
his play now, I, I mean, I would say the same thing about Deshaun White, I feel like, too, even though, you know, he's been a longtime starter for Oklahoma. And then beyond that, Jaron Kanick, Kip Lewis, uh, you know, any of these other signees that have been a part of this class. Big spring to, to see if you're going to be, you know, legitimately getting some serious snaps for Oklahoma. Saturday, 3 p.m., inside Gaylord Family, Oklahoma Memorial Stadium. It's going to be fun, man. It's going to be a blast. I'm, I'm, I've got a lot of friends that I've, I've heard from that are coming in for this weekend. Sorry my place isn't available because apparently we're, we're hosting everyone and their brother. I guess my mother-in-law is magically showing up. And we, you know what we have on Sunday? Well, I've got softball. But we actually we got, we got a barrel event, Josh. We're going barrel racing on Sunday, baby. What's the weather? Is it still looking good? The positive signs is it seemed as if there was concern over uh, rain at some point, like early in the month. For those of you that are big farmer almanac people like myself, but yeah, I mean, looking at the forecast two weeks ago, yeah, whoa, what are we doing here? But it looks like it's going to be in the eighties, a little windy, and a beautiful Saturday. Beautiful Saturday. Chance of some rain, but later in the afternoon. All right, uh, later in the evening, I should say. Top five stories of the day is next for Hour 3 on the Plank Show.